I have in my hand the beast. Dane Brugler of The Athletic put together put together over 300 pages of draft coverage, scouting reports, grades. What does he think of this TCU Horn Frog class? We'll talk about that next in Lockdown Horn Frogs. You are Locked On Horn Frogs. Your daily podcast on the TCU Horn Frogs. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. It is Locked On Horn Frogs. We're going to talk some NFL draft today. Please subscribe to the YouTube channel. We're getting closer to 600 subscribers, which is really cool. You can also subscribe wherever it is you get your podcast in its audio form. Um, I'm Stephen Simcox, the host. So everybody has – there's so much draft coverage now, NFL draft coverage, that is. Everybody has their people that they listen to, and there's a ton of great resources. But one resource that I've really kind of fallen in love with over the last few years is something Dane Brugler puts together for The Athletic. It's called The Beast, and it's over 300 pages of extensive scouting reports, grades. And so I want to share some of his thoughts after doing all this research um, about these TCU players. And I have a simple question for our audience today. I'd love for you to comment here on the YouTube channel, or you can hit me up on Twitter. I'm at SimcockSteven, as you see there. Um, who is going to be the best pro out of this class of TCU draftees? You know, is it the guys who are probably going to go in the first couple of rounds, like Quentin Johnston or Steve Avila? Will it be maybe somebody a little more under the radar, like Max Duggan, uh, Darius Davis, Trey Tomlinson? Trey's really only underrated because of his size. I mean, he was an elite corner. He showed that this past year, winning the Thorpe Award. Who's it going to be? I'd love to uh, hear from you. Again, at Steven on Twitter or here on the YouTube channel. But here is some of the thoughts from this very, you know, well-documented extensive scouting report that Dane Brugler did about TCU players. And we'll start with Quentin Johnson. He has Quentin Johnson as the number five wide receiver in this class, which I would disagree with, but he's a little lower on Quentin than some other draft experts are. As far as strengths and weaknesses, he says when it comes to strengths, athletic strider with outstanding size and speed, has great foot quickness to defeat the jam and create initial spacing. Gets in and out of his breaks quickly. He loves running curls and stop routes. Gives himself room along the sideline and creates leverage uh, to get away from defenders. Can hit a burst at the top of routes and create big-time separation with those long strides. Fluid, well-timed body adjustments to track the ball. Reserved and humble. Competes with a quiet confidence. NFL scouts use words like genuine and unselfish to describe him. When it comes to weaknesses, Dane said there are focus drops all over his tape. He does have a bad habit of allowing the ball into his body and not catching with his hands. Can run before securing the ball at times. Uh, ran a, stream, a streamlined route tree and lacks uh, polish and footwork. Can be inconsistent at times. Doesn't always play to his physicality. Um, and then he went on to cite some injury concerns. The injury concerns, I think, are overblown. You know, Quentin had a hyperextended knee a couple of years ago, missed some games. He actually fought through an ankle injury this past season. I thought did a pretty good job given what he was dealing with. But, you know, the thing that separates Quentin from me is, we've talked about it before, that ability at his size to catch the ball and make things happen after he catches it, right? And they sort of got away from that after his ankle injury. But his ability to sink his hips – and use that spin move to get by guys or just use that big frame to get an extra five or six yards by putting his head down 
or just bouncing off a tackler. That's special stuff. I, I think Quentin's the complete package. You know, there hasn't been a great track record of TCU receivers lately in the draft, but guys like Josh Doxson, who I feel like was more of using those physical gifts, winning 50-50 balls, and then you had a player like Jalen Rager, who was really all about speed and explosiveness. Quentin is a really good combination of the size, the physicality, and the ability um, to run routes and go get the ball and use that long stride to uh, execute his speed as well. Dane has him as a first-round grade, first or second-round grade, number 34 player overall in the draft. Um, and I think Quentin will be a late first-round draft pick, and I feel like he'll end up in a good situation. I think he's going to have a really good long pro career, and I hope that's the case. Moving on to Kendra Miller. Um, Miller for strengths, and he has him as the eighth-ranked back, running back in this class. Says good size back, can be tough to get to the ground, accelerates into contact and constantly falls forward, um, gets to the line of scrimmage with patience and is able to find creases. Lateral agility allows him to pick through a crowd at the line of scrimmage. Uh, showed some promise catching the football, was hard to bring down, has great contact balance, averaged 6.7 yards per carry in college. When it says weaknesses, he's talked about him being an upright runner, exposes the body and the ball. Um, will miss holes at times. Decision-making at the line can be inconsistent. And he says broken tackles are based more on size and body balance rather than pure power. And then went on to mention his injured MCL has Kendra as a third or fourth-round prospect. Um, you know, I think some of that is a little overblown. I, I really feel like the biggest strength for Kendra is about breaking tackles. And I do believe he has great contact balance. But I also – believe when he gets ahead of steam, he can put his head down and use that power to break tackles as well. I would also say this about Kendra, why I have, you know, some promise for him moving forward. Um, he hasn't been playing running back exclusively for that long. He played quarterback and running back in high school. He went to a small school. He went to Mount Enterprise, which is 2A high school. He also played a lot of linebacker. So I think there's a lot of uh, nuances to his game that he can add and learn once he gets to the pro level. And there's a high ceiling for him um, moving forward in the NFL. And, you know, he is a guy that can catch the ball in the backfield. He's really good at breaking tackles, getting extra yardage. And I think he could definitely be a 10 to 15 carry game type player at the NFL level. Max Duggan, Dane has him as the 13th ranked quarterback in this class. Strength, great size, legitimate dual threat ability, really strong arm with gunslinger velocity has a quick enough delivery to make off-platform throws, aggressive downfield thrower who gives his target a chance to make plays, led the country last year, and touchdown passes of 20-plus yards, productive both on designed runs and off-script scrambles, surprises defenders with his open-field acceleration. For weaknesses, he said not a touch passer, accuracy and timing decline the further it works down the field. Footwork and body rhythm are often disjointed, which affects the consistency of his ball placement. College completion percentage was enhanced a little bit by throwing a lot of screens. Um, and he went on to mention some of the health concerns, one being that heart procedure. Again, I think the health concerns here are not really a huge factor. It seems like uh, Max recovered really well from that heart procedure and any other injury he had at the college level. I think Max can be a successful QB at the next level. Now, that dual threat ability is a big deal. His ability to make plays when things break down is significant. 
Um, I would argue, I think actually he struggles with accuracy more in short and intermediate passes than he does deep balls, but maybe off base there. Um, I feel like if he gets in the right situation where he can learn and get an opportunity uh, to get his hands on the playbook and have some time to process things, that he could have a good career in the NFL. Um, Dane has him as a player that could go in the sixth or seventh round. Okay, Amari DiMercato had a short blurb on him, 34th ranked running back in this class. Um, and he talked about how Amari didn't get always get a ton of opportunities, but shined when he did at 150 yards in the uh, Fiesta Bowl against Michigan. And Gendre Miller got hurt. Well built back with OK Vision needs to stay tighter with his run angles. I think one thing that really helped Amari was that it's pro day. He ran a 4-4-340, which is pretty fast. And that type of speed and athleticism, I feel like might surprise people. But Amari um, is a really smart kid, was super experienced, made the most of his opportunities. I'd love to see him get a chance, get in a camp and see what he can do. Um, I think he did such an admirable job, uh, both spelling Kendra Miller when he needed rest and also getting after it and just making plays when he could. Um, all right, one more and then we'll take a break and we'll keep rolling with this. This is fun. Darius Davis, he has ranked as the 35th wide receiver in this class. Um, strength, strengths, excuse me, speed, 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 both timed in on the field, has great acceleration, catches would be tacklers off balance, able to turn short screens into big gains, great vision. Um, has the quickness to get defenders, uh, to slip defenders in tight corners, um, kept drops to a minimum over his career, plays with the toughness required for the NFL, and went on to also say all his accolades as a punt returner, five punt return touchdowns in his career, which was tied with Kevontae Turpin um, for a record. Weaknesses, his size, he's small, below average length and catch radius, tiny target for quarterbacks, relies too much on his body to trap the football at times, did muff some punts in his career. Physical defensive backs will try to crowd him to the line of scrimmage and create release issues, struggled in contested catch situations. I mean, Darius has a pretty clear path in the NFL. He's got great explosiveness and speed. I think he can be a special teams guy. And then the question for him really is going to be, what can he offer on the offensive side of the ball? Obviously, TC made it a point to get him the ball behind the line of scrimmage, to use him on those pop passes, those jet sweeps, those screens. You're not going to see as much quick game in the NFL, but I think there's going to be some opportunities for him at the next level. Um, and he has Darius ranked as a sixth or seventh rounder um, on this on this draft guide here. So we'll see where he ends up. When we come back, we'll continue this. What does he think of Steve Avila, one of the more highly rated draft prospects in this class? Before we do that, though, FanDuel is the place to go. If you want to wager on sports, they have a great app that is safe, secure, and easy to use. You can also go to FanDuel.com slash LockedOn. Again, that's FanDuel.com slash LockedOn. Take advantage of their no-sweat-first-bet deals. Put as little as $5 down and get up to $1,000 in bonus bets. That's right, up to $1,000 in bonus bets. When you use FanDuel, FanDuel, you can use that app or you can get on their website. FanDuel, official betting partner of the NBA. And again, it's where the game starts. They are a proud sponsor of the Lockdown Podcast Network. Okay, so Steve Avila, we're continuing here with Dane Brugler's beast, this huge draft guide. Uh, what does he think about Steve? Has him ranked as a second-round player, the number three interior offensive lineman 
in this class. Strength has a huge body and gulfs rushers at the point of attack, does not allow his base to narrow, and pulls rushers right into him. Shows off his brick hands to create knockback when his punch connects, uses his body to mirror pass rushers away from the play. Had zero holding penalties in 2022. That's amazing. Showed improvement with his ability to reset and make adjustments mid-engagement. Also played some different spots. Played every position at TCU except for left tackle on the offensive line. Played center a couple years ago. Did not give up a sack in 2022. When it comes to weaknesses, efficient in his setup but not always explosive. Has a tendency to forget to use his feet once he's engaged. Plays tall at times and needs to sink to get better leverage points and has modest arm length. Longer arm defensive lineman be able to access his chest. Um, yeah, you know, the thing about Steve is I think he's really technically sound. He's got great power and uses that size to his advantage. Obviously, his quickness might be a bigger issue if he was on the edge, but I think he's so good at using that size to create angles that are tough because in these interior defensive linemen, that is not a big problem. Um, and I feel like he's going to have a really long career in the NFL. Alan Ali, center for TCU, number 11 ranked center in this class. Um, grew up in Fort Worth, was a starter at Timber Creek, and then played at SMU, ended up playing at TCU as well. Um, sound and smart, average physical profile with limited displacement in the run game. Struggles to recover versus shifty rushers, but has a lot of experience. 60 career games played. Um, he's effective as a positional blocker, attacks his job with a technical mind, has average athleticism, but power uh, makes him stand out. Again, Alan Ali was really solid last year. Played center, which allowed Steve Avila to kick out to that guard position. Was one of the best offensive linemen on that team that made the national championship game. Yeah, some limited size, some limited athleticism, but plays really well. Um, I think he's going to get drafted or be a free agent. Looks like Dane has him as a priority free agent, potentially, in the NFL. I feel like he's going to get a chance out of camp with a team, and uh, I think he's got a chance to be really successful. Okay, turning our attention to the defense, Dylan Horton, 18th-ranked edge rusher in this class, uh, has him as a fourth-rounder as far as grade goes. When it comes to strength, sturdy, moldable frame, um, good weight, adjusted well to the roles he was assigned in different defenses, obviously played in a different defense under Joe Gillespie this year. Strong hands at the point of attack, creates his own rush lanes, attacks with flexibility, doesn't allow tight ends to quickly accelerate and get off the ball easily, chases down ball carriers with his athleticism, stays balanced in pursuit and tackles well, <clears throat> um, led the Big 12 in sacks in 2022. Had four against Michigan, which was a big part of that. Weaknesses sometimes plays tall, doesn't always have low pad level. Um, has trouble shedding blockers once he gets engaged. Doesn't always reset well and can stall out. But Dylan Horton, I think, you know, one thing about him too, I was talking about this with uh, Kendra Miller, another guy that hasn't been at this specific position for a long time. He was a safety and then he was an outside linebacker. So he's still kind of learning the game at defensive end. But really good size and strength. Um, I think he's going to be somebody that could be, you know, a depth piece for a defensive line in the NFL and can definitely be successful. D. Winters, 16th ranked linebacker in this class, according to Dane Brugler. 
has him as a fifth round grade, rangy and plays fast. This is his strengths, makes plays up and down the line of scrimmage, great athleticism, constantly reads his keys well, and stays ahead of blockers, strong tackling form, very physical. Weaknesses, they say smaller framed athlete and lacks desired height and weight for the position. If hands are not on time, he can be eaten up at times by blocks and struggles to unwind from blockers, occasionally sucked up by play action and gets lost in the crowd. D has great athleticism. Um, yeah, I mean, I think his eyes betray him at times. And if he does get, you know, engaged by a blocker, sometimes it can be hard for him to get off those blocks. That's true for a lot of people. In the NFL, it's a hard thing to do. But as a linebacker or, you know, potential edge guy, it's something you have to do. You have to find a way to get disengaged and get to the ball carrier. Trey Tomlinson, our final guy here, ranks as the 19th corner in this class, has him as a fourth to fifth round grade. <clears throat> Strengths, great speed, agility, and lower body explosiveness. Um, has great hips, uh, gets in and out of his, uh, you know, breaks well, turns his hips well when receivers try to change direction. Has short area bursts to jump routes. Shows a developed feel for reading plays. Eyes constantly lead him to passing windows. Um, he's a ball hawk. 40 passes defended in 37 games over three seasons. Weaknesses, it's really with Trey. According to scouts, it's all about his height. He's undersized, might struggle matching up against long vertical high-pointing receivers in the NFL. Receivers can power through his feisty coverage at times. Super aggressive play can lead him to early contact. And, yeah, we saw those pass interference penalties at times at TCU but he's so physical. I think Trey has a great chance to be a slot corner who can step in there and hold himself really well against some inside receivers, can make plays, the way he jumps routes, defends passes, gets interceptions. That's the name of the game when it comes to the NFL. <clears throat> that was a lot of words. I hope you enjoyed it. I was kind of trying something new today. Let me know when we come back or wrap things up. This is Lockdown Horn Frogs. Uh, before we go, I had a couple comments on the YouTube channel, and so I wanted to sort of address those. I had an episode go up uh, on Monday about Jonathan Bax, an impact freshman, and I had a question from at CJSHO on YouTube. How much playing time do you think Cam Cook will get? Well, Cam Cook from Round Rock, Stony Point, great back, four-star back. Um, he'll be enrolled in the fall. I'd love to see him on the field. I think it's going to be tough for him since he's not here in the spring and he'll be behind guys like Imani Bailey, Trey Sanders, uh, Trent Battle, Corey Wren potentially. But I feel like he'll have kind of the Imani Bailey role uh, that he that Imani had last year, which is, you know, late game situations, maybe in cleanup duty, or if you need somebody to get a spell, they're going to give Cam some opportunities. Really explosive back. Excited to see him. Um, here at TCU because I think he's going to be a really good player. I also had a video about Haas Haney, three-star quarterback from Alito, that um, committed to TCU recently. And had a commenter say the ratings are reliable in general. There's always five stars that don't pan out and three stars who end up uh, like Pat Mahomes, so anything can happen. Yeah, that's true. I mean, when it comes to recruiting rankings, it's an inexact science, even though I think it's gotten better through the years. Um, but you're right. It's not the end-all, be-all, and you see guys – excel from their star rating or not do as well as people think, you know, on a yearly basis. And that's just part of it. That'll do it for Locked on Horn Frogs today. Thank you for listening. We'll be back tomorrow. It's your team.